You and me and BPD. Season four, episode five, executive dysfunction. Today's episode is going to be kind of based on some messages that I get from people and also just some of my own personal experiences and some of the things that I've been learning about executive dysfunction. So I had to do quite a bit of research about this because although it's not a BPD specific symptom, executive dysfunction shows up a lot with ADHD and autism and other neurodivergent kind of uh, symptoms and diagnoses. One of the main reasons why I thought it was important to talk about this on this podcast is because uh, a statistic I found was uh, 16 to 38 percent of individuals with BPD um, are comorbidly diagnosed with ADHD. And in many ways, having a BPD diagnosis might lead you to eventually getting a ADHD or autism diagnosis like it did for my own personal journey. And I think it's important to acknowledge the way that comorbidity works within the mental health community because so much of the time when we live with one mental health issue, it doesn't fully explain why we are the way we are. And sometimes we have to look at the symptoms of other diagnoses, other potential mental health disorders that we might live with to explain a little bit more some of the things that we struggle with. Um, I have gotten quite a couple of messages from people over the years saying, I don't know how to function in life. I feel very overwhelmed by, you know, all the tasks that are in front of me. I am struggling in school. Like some people say they can't get out of bed and they can't cook their own food and they feel like such a burden because they have to rely on other people and a lot of what this stems from is our way of being in the world and also how we kind of function in our lives and one of the main things that executive dysfunction does is it creates this kind of I don't know like it's a little bit hard to (laughs) fully conceptualize Um, But it creates this kind of problem with knowing how to do the tasks that are placed before us and also feeling overwhelmed by the things that we have to do in our everyday life. So to begin, just so that we're all on the same page, um, I looked up the actual definition of what executive dysfunction is. And according to the Cleveland Clinic, Executive dysfunction is a behavioral symptom that disrupts a person's ability to manage their own thoughts, emotions, and actions. Some of the examples of how people might struggle with executive dysfunction is having trouble focusing or difficulty motivating yourself to do tasks that don't have an immediate uh, positive outcome or that seem boring to you. You might daydream or space out when you should be paying attention, like at work or in class or even in a conversation. You might also have trouble switching tasks 
or you might struggle with getting distracted partway through. So it might also be that you hyper-focus on something, and then the moment that something else happens, you kind of forget what you were hyper-focusing on. Another really big part of executive dysfunction is our ability to plan tasks, our ability to know what comes next, and to actually begin working on what we have to do. So um, this could also be a reason why some people with executive dysfunction struggle a lot with their impulsivity. They can't think about necessarily future planning, so they just react to stimuli in a very impulsive, sometimes destructive manner. And personally, um, I can relate to a lot of this. I mean, I made a post on my Instagram literally like a week ago talking about this, and I was hyper-focusing, and I was researching, and I did about two hours of work, and then I started thinking of the recording process and the publishing process and having to put it out there and the next episode that comes after this. And and I just got very overwhelmed that I didn't do anything <laughs> this whole week. And I sat back and I woke up every day knowing, okay, I should get this podcast episode done. I am not working right now. I have a lot more flexibility, but I, I just couldn't. There's just something in my head that said, I can't do this at this time. And when I was in school, I struggled with that a lot as well. Like the timelines and the the kind of getting things done when they needed to be done was something that I struggled with because if I didn't feel like doing it, like let's say starting to research a big project that I had to do, then I would be screwed over because I would wake up like two days before my project and realize I didn't do any of my preliminary research or even studying for exams. I know I have to study for an exam. I know I have to sit there and actually do it, but I just can't bring myself to do it. (laughs) And unfortunately, a lot of the times when people talk like this, there's this kind of overarching theme of, well, you're lazy. And my friends with ADHD, um, have kind of always been told, you're just lazy, you just need to deal with your laziness. But sometimes it's literally like, you know what needs to be done, you know that you need to do something. But there's a part of you that is just overwhelmed by what goes into whatever it is that you're doing, that you just don't even know how to begin. And it's like the starting process is the hardest part, at least from what I've experienced and what some people I know have also experienced. Um, I was also asking some people about, uh, like I asked on my Instagram stories, how do people experience executive dysfunction? And people were saying their inability to keep their space clean, like the inability to clean up after yourself. You see a mess, you know that it needs to be cleaned, but it just feels so overwhelming to begin that you kind of essentially shut yourself off from it. And somebody else was saying that they experience it when they know that they should be paying attention and they know that they will need to learn something like in class, but they just keep on getting distracted by things around them, by stimuli, by other people's conversations by 
you know, pop-ups and stuff on their laptop, and they were saying that sometimes it's very hard to shut off the stimuli around them and be able to actually focus. And although, as I mentioned, this doesn't necessarily have to do 100% with BPD, there have been studies that have explored the connection between executive dysfunction and BPD symptoms. Specifically, I'm going to reference two studies. So one was a 2016 study that was published by Middle East Psychiatry, where they say that executive dysfunction in BPD patients is correlated or are correlated with impulsivity risks, um, as well as deficiencies in decision making and learning from the past. So this might mean that we're overwhelmed with our decisions placed in front of us and we might even avoid making those decisions and instead just react impulsively. And another paper from 2020, which was published by Front Front Psychiatry, um, found significant deficits in both decision-making and cognitive flexibility and planning. And when I think about my times where my mental health has been really hard, it's always been kind of affected by my mental state and my emotional state. And I think that that's really interesting to look at because when we think about executive functioning, when we think about our ability to plan something, our ability to see the future, our ability to, you know, make decisions and to recall something from past memory, I struggled a lot with that. And specifically with BPD, with the concept of, you know, chronic emptiness or loneliness, it can be hard to sit down and think, okay, where am I going to be if I make this decision? And that can also feel extremely overwhelming as well. Um, personally, I, I used to be someone that would try to plan every aspect of my life because I hated being like being met with the indecision or the inability to actually make a decision. And so I would stick to a specific timeline and think, this is exactly how everything has to go. But then the moment that it gets disrupted, the moment that things change, I don't know how to handle it. And I would feel overwhelmed and I, I would struggle to understand what to do next. And sometimes I still experience that. Um, particularly when my plans change. So if I have a plan in mind and I say, this is what I'm doing today, and then let's say my lunch is off and it's a little bit later and then maybe something has to be changed because we don't have the money to go do this or, you know, it's just way too hot outside. Sometimes I struggle a whole lot to know how to be flexible in my thinking how to change uh, kind of like train tracks or gears and do something different. And that can make me be incredibly stressed out and incredibly reactive in my emotional state. And I recognize this and I look around me and I realize that 
there are so many people that seem to be really able to just kind of go with the flow. They're able to change. They're able to make decisions very quickly. They're able to be proactive with things and recall past decisions that they made and how it affected them and stuff. And I just, sometimes I feel like I can't do that. And one of the important things that I do with this podcast and the reason why I have continued to do it is because I want to be able to let you know that if you're the same, it's okay. (laughs) And it sounds silly to say, but it's like, there are about 1.6 to 2.5% of people who live with BPD. And a lot of those people have ADHD as well and every other kind of different diagnosis you can think of. And so when you're looking around you and you're looking at the people in your life and you're thinking, wow, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't be so flexible. I, I don't know how to. I feel overwhelmed by it. I wish that I could just wake up and start doing the things I have to do. I just want you to know that it's, it's okay. You're okay. And if you're being met with people who are telling you that you're lazy or you know you need to be more willing to change or whatever and you feel like there's something inherently wrong with you the world just isn't made to accommodate us who struggle and sometimes I feel like we push ourselves so hard to try to be like everybody else when really Once we have a kind of label behind it, once we have something to kind of explain what is happening, it can make you feel a little bit better to hear somebody talk about it. Like, I I felt like if I made this episode and I admitted how much I kind of struggle with this, that something would kind of like, I don't know, I would feel like I was a failure. And I was admitting my failure. But in all honesty, it's part of how I live my life. And I'm sure that there's people who look at me and who go, oh my gosh, you have a podcast and you have a child and you have, you know, all these things you're working towards. Like, how do you do it? And in reality, I don't know a lot of the time. (laughs) I wish that this episode This is going to be a short episode, by the way. But I wish that I could walk away and tell you this is how you fix it. Because I think a lot of people are looking for fixes. And a couple of episodes ago, ago, I made that episode of Can BPD Be Cured? And Can Executive Dysfunction Be Cured? I'm sure that there are some people who would say yes. But I think overall, it's not so much about curing this kind of dysfunction that happens in your brain as much as acknowledging that this is how you handle things. This is how life is for you. And then recognizing, okay, are there things that I can do to change that? One of the things that I had to learn, and I am still constantly learning, and if you ever message me and try to talk to me, I will tell you this. You have to have kindness for yourself and you have to be willing to give yourself just a little bit more grace and just openness to deal with 
the debilitating, debilitating aspects of this disorder. Like, you, if you live with BPD, if you've been diagnosed with BPD, you are living with something that does not affect the general public, right? It is not affecting everyone. And because of that, you're going to come up with situations and with things that happen in life where you're not going to just be like everybody else. And the more that we can acknowledge that there is, you know, significant struggles that we face, whether we have BPD and ADHD, which is a whole other world of just struggle. (laughs) Or if you just have BPD and you're thinking about potentially I might be autistic or have ADHD or whatever. It's like the more that you learn about yourself and how you interact with the world and you have these kind of functioning terms to use, the more you can really start to explore what that means and I understand now I think I spent a a long time really struggling and feeling like I want to be able to do everything I want to be able to get up in the morning and go through my to-do list and finish all of it in one day but realistically and most importantly for myself to be compassionate to myself I also need to realize my limitations and some days especially when I have high intense anxiety or I'm really struggling with you know keeping my emotions kind of stable sometimes my executive dysfunction just is really intense and I really struggle a lot with things that would seem almost medial to other people, things that might not seem like an issue. And yes, there are, obviously, I've talked about it before, different types of therapies available, different types of functional um, CBT therapy is really good with executive dysfunction because it helps you to look at, you know, how do your actions impact your thoughts and how does your thought processes impact what you decide to do and how you feel about a specific topic or yourself. And if that's something that speaks to you, then I highly recommend you find somebody who is willing to work within the scope of understanding what executive dysfunction is, but also just recognizing that, you know, our mental health is a journey where sometimes it's going to be harder than others. And especially with BPD, especially with these kind of struggles with impulses that we feel, struggles with our anger, struggles with feeling overwhelmed by maybe the world and past memories and trying to figure out the future and what we want and who we want to be and all of these things that can seem almost daunting and scary. It is perfectly reasonable and rational to look at these kind of things that other people don't seem to struggle with and say, yeah, that's where I'm struggling. 
I am struggling to pay attention right now. I am struggling to move from one topic to the next and I am struggling to get the things done that I need to get done. But if I ate today and if I was kind to myself today and if I did not hurt the people in my life and I did not hurt myself, well then these things can wait until tomorrow, you know? And don't be afraid to lean on other people. Don't be afraid to go to your friends, to go to your loved ones, to go to people in your life and say, I'm really struggling today. Can you help me to be held accountable? Some people find um, there's this thing in, I've seen it more in relation to the autism community, but it's kind of, it's called body doubling. And it's essentially where when you have to get something done, especially something that might be extremely boring to you or might not feed your dopamine or your serotonin in your brain so maybe you have to clean your room or maybe you have to do dishes and you look at the dishes and you feel overwhelmed with even starting to do your pile of dishes sometimes body doubling can help with that which is where you just have somebody in the room with you and just having their presence there helps you to feel less overwhelmed by what you have to face um, this can be really helpful when you're str- like you're struggling to study for something or you're working on a project. Um, this is one of the reasons why I would a lot of the time I would work at my university library because just having other people in the room made me feel a little bit more accountable. Like, okay, we're all here to work. <laughs> we're all trying to get what we have to get done finished. And even if I don't finish it 100%, at least I can say that I did some amount of work um, and I'm not doing it by myself especially with BPD where we struggle with loneliness and we struggle with feeling like we have to do things um, that maybe we just really don't want to do it can be helpful to have somebody else there and also to talk about it you know like I think that a lot of people don't want to admit that they are struggling and When you look up executive dysfunction, a lot of the time you find ways to help children with ADHD or children with autism or children that struggle with executive dysfunction. And I think it's it's almost funny because when you do look it up, it kind of implies that, you know, suddenly you grow up and all of these problems have just disappeared. (laughs) Suddenly you grow up and you're an adult and you're not struggling anymore. And the reality is that a lot of us are struggling and we're struggling in our day-to-day lives and we're almost too afraid or too proud to ask for help. And it's okay. It's okay to say, I need you to just sit here with me while I put my laundry away, right? Can you just be in the same room as me while I'm making dinner? Because at least then I don't feel so alone or I don't feel so overwhelmed. You know, um, I, I hope that something in this episode has made sense with you. And the next episode, um, that I'm doing just a heads up will be an interview with somebody and we're going to be talking about, um, JDM psychology and specifically talking about, uh, executive functioning and how they manage to keep everything (laughs) afloat in their life. Um, but 
if you are struggling with this, if you are trying to figure it out, I hope you know that you're not alone. And it is, it is hard to have the words to properly explain to someone what is happening. So if you want to send them this and say, hey, this is how I feel, <laughs> go right ahead. Um, but just know that it's, I don't want to say it gets easier, right? But it does become more manageable. And I've spoken before on the research behind BPD and age. And as we age older, it seems to be that we feel a little bit more capable of taking care of ourselves and of recognizing our deficiencies and the places that we need a little bit more kindness for ourselves. And that's part of what is kind of beautiful about learning about mental health is the more you learn, the more you're able to accept that you do struggle. And the struggle is not bad. It's, it can be debilitating sometimes, but it is inherently just a part of the way that we are in the world. And there are many different ways to be in the world. If we are all the same, then, I mean, that would be quite boring, wouldn't it? <laughs> Anyways, um, I hope that something in this episode spoke to you. And if you want to reach out to me and message, reach out on my Instagram at journey, J-O-U-R-N-E-Y dot bound, B-O-U-N-D. And let me know what you thought. Let me know if you struggle with this too. Let me know if you just listened to it and went, wow, you, you seem to have quite a bit of struggles. Because I do, to be honest. I do this podcast, but I'm still a human. Um, and I wish you nothing but the best. And I hope that you learned something. <laughs> and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.